It starts with an itch and a tingle And then it builds and expands And suddenly all at once My legs won't let me stand I scratch till my fingers go numb But my skin never bleeds A silent accomplice waits and feeds when I
Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Raquel. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Welcome. Uh, just to let you guys know, the song we were playing right before we started the show was Let It In by Josh Woodward. Not a bad little uh, poppy tune, eh, Karen? Nope. Not a bad little poppy tune at all. Hey, so Rick, this is yes. like uh, a big week for us. It is. Yes, it is the last two-hour show of Paranormal Underground Radio. That's right. We're going to be losing a half an hour to... Whoa. No, no. We're going to be sharing a half an hour with our sh- Oh, sharing. Yeah. We're going to be sharing a half an hour with our... with uh, Well, he's my you know real good personal friend, Chuck Godsky, in, in the dark radio. So, And he definitely deserves it, in my opinion. Uh, I think so, too. So I'm, I'm very cool with that. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. So, from, so what I'm saying is that very soon... Um, next week, as a matter of fact, and by the way, I will be off next week. Uh, Kit has a concert. Okay. Anywho, um, starting next week, we will go from six until seven 30. That's Pacific time. And then Chuck will start at seven 30 and go until nine. And that's also Pacific time. So I'll let you guys do the conversions in your head because you're probably better at math than I am. Me? No. No, just anybody. Our listeners. (laughs) Listeners. They're talking about me. I'm like, obviously, you didn't go to high school with me. But, uh, (laughs) you know what? If we talk about anything else, let's talk about who we have on the show tonight. Tonight, on tonight's show, we have uh, Peter James Haviland. Uh, He is the lead investigator and president of Lone Star Spirits down in Texas. And you're going to like this, Karen. He is an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist. I know. How groovy is that? I love hypnotherapists. I love hypnotherapy. Basically, uh, you know, I could probably avoid talking about ghosts for the entire show and just Mm -hmm. gab at him about hypnotherapy. But fear not. Fear not. We'll cover the whole spectrum. And then, um, hey, Cheryl, who's Chuck have on after us tonight? Chuck has on Debbie Hinckley. She's a paranormal investigator and a member of Vision Paranormal Society. she's been on our show. No. No, she hasn't. I thought she had. No, um, but she will be talking with Chuck about her own paranormal experiences, which were quite extreme from what I understand. Yeah, actually, I've talked. I talked to. I talked to her quite a bit on on my page. Yeah. Okay. So she had some really really bad experiences with a uh, with the paranormal group. So I mean, you know, Chuck will be talking to her about that yeah. tonight. I'm sure. Yep. Very cool. So that'll be really good. That's coming up in about eight minutes uh, for our part of the show. And then Chuck will be on at his usual time tonight when we're done at nine o'clock or eight o'clock. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I'm reading things wrong. I wonder that thinking. every week. You should. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so um, kind of cool this this week. I have been talking to, um, and I think I've talked about it on the show a little bit, um, a gentleman, his name is Dr. Walter Simq. Yes. And he is the um, 
fearless leader, let's call it that. I believe he's the founder and fearless leader of IISIS, which is, oh my gosh, it's, um, I never remember what that stands for, but it's essentially, it's reincarnation research. Um, Mm -hmm. It is the Institute for the Integration of Science, Intuition, and Spirit. And if you go to their website, IISIS.net, it's very cool because he has all of these case studies of, um, possible reincarnations and a matter of fact as a and a matter of fact oh my gosh i'm just brilliant anyway as a matter of fact he also um it, that's where we found like jeff keen and stuff but he also educates you so as you read these case studies he explains th- why these fit criteria for possible reincarnation cases so um you know things like uh scars that are, that match uh, the person that they may have been things right. like that um, affinity cases where so um, somebody has this huge affinity for this person I mean there's all these criteria and some of them are, are pretty interesting criteria so anyway I've been talking to him because of the whole Nellie Sharp thing because you know it's just um, and Nellie Sharp is the lady who was in the Wellington Avalanche who I just kind of felt this um, affinity for really and found out through research that my good friend Elaine Davison did that not only do I look a lot like her I mean we looked a lot alike when I was younger not so much now because yes I'm sorry go ahead um but anyway and so I submitted all of this stuff that I had about her and we have a lot of things in common as far as interests and late and and talents and all of that stuff so I submitted it to him and um he actually thought that it was significant enough that it's written up on that website now as a case study as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to, I was, I was, I was going to agree with you about the picture of you and Nellie Sharp. Um, uh-huh. both very beautiful women. Um, oh, aren't you? No, sweet? I, I, I mean, I mean that very much, but yes, the, um, it's uncanny. Uh, the, the, the facial features, the hair, I mean, just, the whole thing. Yeah. I would have. I would have checked out both of them all. Well, and and but, <laughs> I mean, it's it's beyond the looks. It's also the things that you know, the, my talents, the writing and the music. Well, those are her talents as well, mm-hmm. and the way that her personality has been described, and also one that's a little more difficult to pin down, but interesting nonetheless. She was killed in a in an avalanche that was essentially a train derailment. Mm-hmm. All of my life, I have dreamed of train derailments. All of my life. That is, you know, but I, I would kind of find that a little bit frightening. You share so much with her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't be getting on any trains if I were you. <laughs> well, and the other thing is that, so the other thing is I've always been geosensitive. I've always been able to pick up on earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um the Loma, um, oh, the San Francisco earthquake in 1989, I think it was. Um, okay. There, there was a big one. I left the day, I was in San Francisco at that time. I left the day before the earthquake because I, I was afraid all of a sudden that there was going to be an earthquake. And of course, right. there was. Well, Nellie Sharp was in the uh, great San Francisco earthquake in the early 1900s. That, you know, it just, it goes beyond chance. Well, it's coincidence. It's to me, it feels like it it certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. So it took me a long time. Um, As a matter of fact, I really kind of wasn't doing a lot of talking about it to people. And I was sort of playing my cards close to the vest because it just seems it seems grandiose to me. Sure. 
to believe this. I mean, because who am I to figure this out or whatever? But um, everything happens for a reason. I've been fascinated with reincarnation my entire life. And I think this is just the lifetime that I was supposed to figure it out because it's just another step in the story that I have to tell. Now, there are still people that I, I probably won't talk to about it. Um, just because it's it's you know I mean come on I sound like a fruitcake let's be let's be honest you know well not to me and I'm sure not to our listeners but but to somebody who is not who doesn't mm-hmm. have an interest in this kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. they may think you're a little on the crazy side yeah exactly yeah. so anyway um, I would really urge you we tried to have Walter be a guest on our show. And um, it was, unfortunately, the day it was, we were supposed to do a pre-record, and it was the day I got the flu, and I had such a high fever, I couldn't even sit up. <laughs> yeah. So, I had to cancel. And we're going to try and get him get him back on, but he's a really busy guy, because reincarnation is a fascinating topic. And I'd really uh, urge you, if you have any interest in that type of thing, to check out IISIS, and, you know, look at some of the case studies, because they really, really are fascinating. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try that out. I mean, you know, it was like we were talking before the show that, you know, my my good friend and uh, colleague, Nancy Laporta, she's mm-hmm. always wanting to give me like a past life reading. And she's like, don't worry about it. Everything's good. You had some weird deaths, but you were a pretty decent guy in all of them. And I, I just keep thinking it's like I was either a serial killer in a former life no. or I sold hot dogs on a street corner, you know, in downtown Chicago, you know, when that'd be an awesome thing to be, you know, I guess so. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm skeptical concerning it. I'm fearful concerning it. And I'm, I'm not a fearful kind of person. Well, no, I understand. I, I, I do understand. And of course I've, I know about, through because I've done past life regression hypnotherapy as well for different mm-hmm. things. And so I think that I can trace my past lives starting in about the 1500s. Okay. All the way until now. Okay. From from the re- the from the past life regression hypnotherapy and then this life, but none of those are confirmed. I mean the only one that really that I have so much information on is Nelly and the others it's more that I was able to confirm that the things that I saw were consistent with the period that I said that they were in okay yeah Fair enough I mean yeah I yeah I'm sure one day I'll probably have it done just you know curiosity will, will mm. finally get the better of me but until then I don't know it's pretty fascinating but here's the good thing about even oh I know that you really respect and trust Nancy Yes. And that she's a fantastic psychic, and she's really good at what she does. Here's yes. the thing about having a psychic tell you that information, as opposed to experiencing it through past life regression, hypnotherapy, things like that. It's easier in your own mind to discount and say, oh, no, that's not right. Does that make sense? Because you well, then- don't see the pictures, not because Nancy is not telling you the truth, but I mean... From a from a personal standpoint, it's easier if a psychic tells you to say, "Yeah, maybe she's wrong. Maybe she got this one wrong." Right. Oh, absolutely. No, I can. I, but believe me. I mean, the, uh, believe it or not, we do kind of go back and forth, you know, tooth and nail with some stuff. You know, it's. I am somewhat skeptical um, about some stuff, but you know, uh, otherwise, I do. I do respect her as a psychic, and I have worked with her quite a bit, and. Uh, like I said, I don't know if the past life reading is like it's a skeptical thing or it's a fearful thing. I don't know. I, I really can't say. Only one way to find out. But right. I am I am now coming out of the closet and saying um, something that I've never actually 
really publicly said, I've sort of said, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. I believe in reincarnation, and I believe I know my past lives, and I believe that I was Nellie Sharp in a past life. So, And I've never, I've always sort of wiggled my way around that. So mm-hmm. that being said, let's do this. We are one minute past break time. Oh, man. And Cheryl okay. thought, I know, Cheryl thought we were just going to go on and on and on and on. <laughs> because we can. We can. So uh, let's do this. Let's go to break. And okay. then when we come back, we're going to be talking some Texas ghosts. And maybe we'll be talking some hypnotherapy and things like that. And maybe our guests can help you have less of a fear of the past life stuff. We'll see. Hey, so everybody, here's the deal. Stick around. We'll be back with our guest in a few minutes. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazio Radio Network. We will be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. It's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. (laughs) Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington, in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. Speaking 
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. The song that you just heard was... I'm sorry, Alive Again by Singleton. Uh, my screen on my computer is a little a little weird. But joining us tonight is Pete uh, Peter Havlin. He's the president and lead investigator of Lone Star Spirits, as well as an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist, as well as a... Um, as well as a good friend of the Paranormal Research Organization with Lloyd Auerbach. So, Pete, thank you so much for, and welcome to the Underground. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so, let me ask you something, Pete, and it's something that I always like to add. It's it, Pete's okay, correct? You can you can you can call me anything you want. Okay, I, just I, I think don't I'm just call gonna... you late for dinner, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, I. I, I... Uh, being married for as long as I have been, I've been called a lot of names. So you call me. <laughs> I feel your pain, sir. I feel your pain. <laughs> so, Pete, you know what got you interested in um, what? What sparked your interest in this uh, rarefied field of inquiry? Um, okay, we're into twelve and fifteen dollar words right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I have, a, I have a large vocabulary, uh, sir. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I didn't know that I had to, like, bring out my Webster. (laughs) You did not realize that you were among the erudite of the paranormal world? Erudite, that's a word I haven't heard in a long, long time. (laughs) It's one that uses all the time. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Well, uh, actually, a young lad of uh, about 12 years old, I was uh, staying up and watching monster movies with my dog. I think the monster movie was uh, Frankenstein. Um, okay. And um, we uh, we were sitting there watching it, and uh, the room got really cold. And uh, my dog started uh, acting strange, and uh, the hair on the back of her neck started standing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, she turned around and started barking. I turned around and looked up and looked up the stairs at my parents' house and saw my grandfather walking downstairs, which was all well and fine, but my grandfather had passed the year before. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and he was as solid as, uh, as you know, anybody. And uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like movies, you know, it was, you know, no sound. There was no creaking of the stairs. It was nothing. It was just, uh, kind of it was just it was just a gliding, and uh, and he just he just kind of came downstairs, and uh, he made a left turn and walked through the door and into uh, in, into the closet, which is really strange because you don't normally normally see your grandfather walking through a door into a closet. Sure. And, yeah, and so I got up, and I went over to the closet door, and uh, honestly, I didn't know what I would see and what, you know, I was, if I was going to open the door. Uh, I guess, you know, at 12, you know, you really don't know stuff like this. I, 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 was, not a, I was not scared of them mm-hmm. in, in, in life and in, in 
I didn't really even think twice about what I, you know, opening the door. So I opened it. I uh, didn't know what I was going to see. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to see him. Um, and then probably I was still in shock because of what I had saw, what I had seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he wasn't there. And uh, the only thing that was really there besides, you know, coats and stuff in there, and there was nothing moving around. There was no, you know, nothing dramatic of anything shaking or anything. Sure. Um, other than, I mean, there was still kind of a cold sensation still there, but um, was a bronze plaque that he had brought over from Italy, which had hung in two of the houses that he had built uh, in New York that my mom still had. And even at that, even at the age of 12, I was kind of thinking that maybe he moved towards that because it was something that was his. At that, you know, thinking of that at 12, you know, it was his, so he moved towards it because it was his, at thinking at like that. And, um, of course, my dog, still barking her full head off, hadn't moved from the spot, um, was still shaking. Mm-hmm. I don't think she moved from that spot for probably about 10 minutes. I couldn't move her if I wanted to anyway. Yeah. Great watch, you know, great watchdog she was. <laughs> 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 but, you know, from honestly, I think that, that was probably about, the, that was probably the catalyst that got me started on all of this. Yeah. And that was probably the first major thing that ever happened to me. Uh, um, I had small things happen to me, um, uh, even before then, before 12, um, having seen um, uh, energy um, energy orbs and stuff like that, at, even at a younger age, that I, sure. would, mm. I would look at and not know what they were. Uh, I had, um, had a real... Um, I was really blessed with having a mother that would listen to me when I would, uh, you know, when I would ask her, you know, what these things were. Uh, she always listened to me. She never told me I was crazy or anything like that's that. Fantastic. Just, yeah, that's fantastic. And know, rare. Just, yeah, and she, I mean, she would just pretty much tell me that, uh, uh, you know, uh, these were things that, uh, uh, you know, God would give us tests, and these were our tests as we grew up for understanding, and she would tell me things like that. And, um, and I would just take it at that. Um, so, you know, so after I saw my, you know, my grandfather at 12, I would just, um, go out and get any type of book I could on haunted houses, you know, okay. uh, stuff, mm-hmm. uh, stuff on D. Scott Rogo and, uh, Hans Holzer and mostly a lot of stuff from Hans Holzer because he had been, you know, he was right. He was writing since the, but the late sixties. Oh, well, yeah, my you, and, you and Rick have something in common then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my biggest influence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically everything that I think in the in the field you could probably find in a book by Hans Holzer, except, of course, for my own theories. Yeah, very, very influential man. Yeah, I, you know, so, I mean, yeah, and, uh, you know, so, uh, I mean, he was pretty much, uh, uh, you know, his books were pretty much the, really the ones that were kind of out there besides... You know, getting into like you know, hot Harry Price and uh, and uh, you know, folks like that, and like I said, D. Scott Rogo and uh, and Colin Wilson, uh, people like that. You know, um, you know, and some of those other you know authors that I'm mentioning were you know, of course, a little bit later on down the line as I got a little older. 
but it was mostly, you know, you know, Hans Holzer for, that I was getting into at yeah, that age. Sure. But, you know, and, uh, you know, on through, uh, on through, you know, on through the years, uh, I was known as the ghost boy for a long time. I mean, you couldn't catch me without, without a book on something. Uh, <laughs> oh, it sounds like me too. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was right there in the middle of all that uh, Amityville horror stuff, and uh, uh, you know. Oh yeah, except know. that I read that at home alone when my parents were gone upstairs in my bedroom <laughs> at night. See, none, see, none of that scared me. None, <laughs> none of that scared me. And, and in all honesty, after I read it, I thought it was—I thought it was a lot of crap. Uh, after reading all that stuff, you know, from uh, uh, you know, all that Holzer and all the Holzer stuff, yeah. and. So, and and, uh, and ghost stuff, and uh, putting two and two together, I thought it was. Uh, when I say a lot of crap, I'm saying a lot of it was just uh, a lot of it was media. I thought uh, well, it's it hype. It's to, yeah. It, even in the book, even yeah. in the book, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, it, it just uh, I, I I didn't even at that even at that, that young age. Uh, it, uh, it just seemed like, uh, you know, I believe that there was something that was happened in the house, but I just didn't think that it was all that. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, you know, some of the stuff that I've read from you, you're a big believer in trying to, um, you dispel fear and misinformation. And I myself am like that. And it does seem that there is a great deal of fear that is involved in this. And, and do you think that that comes from the media or do you think that's something that is, part of being human i think a lot of it has to do with that i have, I, I think um I, I think a lot of it has to do with misinformation um misidentification mm-hmm. uh you know uh, a lot of it has to do with what we're taught um and um some of it has to do with uh how we're brought us up uh in our religious practices not knocking religion. I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm religious. I'm, I'm a religious person myself. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. you know, if, but um, I think that uh, we're also, but we're brought up to believe, you know, be fearful of things that we don't understand. Right. And no. oh. I, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a big. I'm a big believer in letting evidence speak for itself. Sure. And right. you can't be scared of things that you don't understand. You just can't. I mean, you could, because if you are, then you then you just walk around and, and you, you're scared of everything. And, and there's no need to be scared of everything. Well, and not only that, but, you know, I, I really believe that fear is the basis of every single problem we have in this world. That, I believe that, that people that people who are afraid behave in ways that can create a lot of problems. So I believe that too. Yeah. I believe that too. And that is, and that in itself is a form of terrorism. Not believe, not, not, I don't bring that up as a political statement. I mean, I believe that I bring that up as a word. Okay. Now, if that, if that, if that makes sense. No, it makes oh, yeah. sense. Oh, absolutely. Now, with you as an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist, and how you use that in investigation and hauntings um, is very interesting. But um, first off, you know, can you tell folks exactly what an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist is? 
I make people stand up on tables and cluck like chickens. Oh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> whew, this was going to be a really Jeez, short boy. show, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will be performing at the Chuckle Hut all week. No. <laughs> no, what I what I do with uh, my hypnotherapy is uh, <clears throat> is when I when I go into a home and if I'm dealing with a person that is having an issue with um, for instance like um most of my cases um I have it have been dealing with um like poltergeist or recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. Uh-huh. And that has to that has to deal that deals with um issues of um of a subconscious nature that people haven't dealt with. Right. Uh that are triggered. Oh my often. gosh, what a perfect application of it. I see where you're going. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. I got that excited. Figured off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I felt the disturbance in the force. <laughs> <laughs> that are triggered off into our environment uh, by um any type of any type of trigger, um, uh, being a person, being a smell, anything sentient or something like that, that um, can cause uh, can cause like haunting like um, uh, phenomenon. But it's actually our subconscious releasing those those stressors into the environment. Okay. Yeah. So so what I do is I put them under hypnosis and I look at the at the event and um, I and I and I try to find out what it is that uh, they were thinking at the time uh, and if it and uh, try to see if I can alleviate the trigger uh, by reshaping um, the uh, the element that happened and then alleviating it and then sometimes I have had haunting stop oh that is fabulous you know because I have yeah. to tell you um you know, I know it's not about me, it's about you, but <laughs> I have actually, that's one no, of the things please, I've, been, yeah, I've been considering doing is getting, um, uh, you know, learning to do the hypnotherapy and becoming a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I hadn't, I, I, and I was trying to think, well, so if that happened, what applications, because I always think about anything that I do, how I can apply it to the paranormal work that I do, because that's what I love to hand, do. It, 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 this goes hand in hand with it. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, why did I, uh, why have I never thought of that? I've been, uh, I've been working with, uh, with people with, um, uh, with issues with, uh, with, uh, RSPK now, um, for quite a while and, uh, have, uh, have, have had a lot of success with it. Um, I had one lady that I worked with that had a um, uh, had an issue with her um, had an ex-husband that was very uh, domineering and um, had actually bugged their house uh, to find out what had what she was doing uh, mm. and uh, mm. followed her around and would get on the net to find out what she was doing at her house. And um, she became very fearful of her house, and became uh, very uh, hypersensitive, and became and um, called and uh, called me out there. And um, and when he moved out, he took all of her he took all of his stuff. Okay, so now now she's living in this big house, 
all of the stuff is gone, but now she has been trained by him um, right. to be so fearful of the house. And, right. Uh, right. So now she's now she's fearful of the home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went out there and I removed the fear the fear of living in her home, and and, re- and reshaped her behavior, and her haunting stopped. I love that, but you know that it would even be helpful for people who um, I I do have. We have people who I always try to help dispel the fear as well. It's a big important part of what I do, I believe. And sometimes there's not a resolution because it's not a poltergeist and it may actually be a haunting. So how about somebody who's just fearful of a haunting and that haunting persists? Could you use it for that application as well? Oh, uh, sure. You yeah, sure can. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I've I had a lady that was. Uh, <laughs> great example she was uh scared of uh, she another lady that was uh living by herself and she was scared of living by herself because she didn't she didn't want the house to be haunted the house wasn't haunted okay mm-hmm. but she didn't want to she didn't want the house to become haunted oh well that's a sure way to you know <laughs> Yeah, that's if you spend a lot of time, that's sort of that's sort of creating an energy there, isn't it? Rule of attraction, yeah. (laughs) Right. So, but so I had to remove the fear of wanting the house to become haunted. Yeah. So So, I did that. I did that. So and the paranoia of wanting it to become haunted. How about um, like sometimes you know there people who have the EMF hypersensitivity and so they have the the fear because there's EMF running through the house things like that I wonder if mm-hmm. you could can you can you work with things like EMF hypersensitivity physical things as well yeah oh uh, yeah uh, like like dirty EMF and stuff like that yeah uh, yeah um, we have uh, come across that um, we have found that if you have like um, your um, like your uh, alarm clocks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, if they are really close to your, really close to where you're sleeping, they they run high EMF fields. Yes, and I have found that um, if you move those across the room, um, your sleep is not as uh, it is not broken because those right. EMF are across the room. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, the hypnotherapy application really is really exciting to me. Um, we do have a question in chat. Elaine wanted to know if you have ever considered hypnotizing someone before an investigation so that they see ghosts. Wow, you, you, uh, Elaine, no, you just blew no, my mind. I have no, I, no, I have not. But um, I, what I have done before is uh, I have used a medium that wanted to focus in on her gift, and I have hypnotized them to bring their sensitivity uh, to a peak level before oh. they walk out. And uh, to and I have to, I have done that before, and I've uh, and um, they um, their at their level uh, was a lot was a lot better after the hypnosis than before. And I've used them on both. I've used them before hypnosis, and I've used them after hypnosis. And their 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 detail after hypnosis was a lot better than it was before. 
So do you think it's a matter of improving focus and sort of helping them to filter out all that external noise? Um, I, because, do, I do. I, yeah. I do. Because it's it sounds to me similar to I mean other than um it, it sounds to me like meditation prior to working in a medium capacity. Yeah. So meditation yeah. kind of has the same effect, and it's it's I really feel meditation is a form of self hypnosis anyway. It is. It is. Meditation yeah. is a form of self hypnosis, and. Um, I also, um, if uh, that didn't work with that medium, I had a brick that I was going to use. Uh, an actual uh, brick or like a, a trick up your sleeve? No, it was a brick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then I'm not going to ask you to do that for me. Um, so <laughs> we. No, I have, talk- a, I have a sledgehammer for you. Okay, well, hey, that's probably better. Um, okay. So we talked off the air a little bit about. Um, past life regression and you said that you don't do that but there's a reason yes okay um i i first started doing past life regression and what i was coming across is that i had a lot of folks that wanted to come in and say hey wouldn't it be cool to go find out if um you know who we were Mm -hmm. and and uh you know everybody would like to be somebody and they, you know, they would come into my office and, uh, you know, not everybody is going to have a past life that is going to be able to come up for some reason or another. Right. And most times it's going to be um, a false memory syndrome type of thing. They're not going to be able to pull up a name, date, place, or event, or it's going to be blank, or you're going to, you're going to get um, Bob blah blah it's not going to yeah. be anything so okay. so you're you're saying that it's it, a lot of times then you're talking about cryptomnesia i would assume exactly okay exactly. Mm-hmm. so um so i so that's one of the reasons why i just don't do it is just because of the false memory sure. now if i have somebody that comes into my office that is having you know that is having uh dreams of you know, for you know, first you know, first person point of view, um, you know, names, dates, places, and events, stuff like that. Um, you know, I would, I do, a, um, I do an interview situation with them and asking them what they remember for and things like that. I will sit down with them, I will interview them, you know, and I will do a session with them. I had one gentleman that I did do a. Um, a past life regression with them, and I did pull up some information for them that it, that had some researchable um, points for him. Um, it wasn't as detailed as he it wasn't as detailed as he would like, but it, it did have some things for him. Um, but not everybody would does come up with with um, you know everything, and not everybody is going to be related to. William Shakespeare. No, I know. That's sure. what Rick was saying is um, actually at the top you know, every, of the show is that everybody seems to be famous and that's just not the case. Yeah, some, there are going to be some people that are the shoe cobbler. Yeah. There are going to be some people that are going to be the village idiot. It's just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, 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 no for anybody, but you know, it's just the way it is. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody has to be those people, right? 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so I've had several past life regression hypnotherapy sessions. Um, first time I actually did it was so I could write an article for the magazine about it. And um, I understand what you're saying about it, um, you know, that sometimes stuff doesn't come up that's verifiable. But what I found I was able to verify more was things like um, the fashions of the time that I saw myself wearing and um, some words that I used for that time that I, I just are not words I use, uh, what housing looked like, what shoes looked like, what, you know, that type of thing. Those were, the, but that doesn't, that just either tells me that I have some really good memories about periods in history that I didn't know I had. Well, see, and see, that's, and see, and that's not, that would, that's not the norm of, yeah. of, of the general public. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, here's something that interested me about hypnotherapy, and perhaps you can explain it to me. So I've been hypnotized several times now, and I always thought that I would be the person who couldn't be hypnotized. Um, and I clearly was able to. No, and I'll tell you right about the bat. No, the devil's not going to come in. And, uh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but <laughs> so what was interesting is that I actually felt like when I was under hypnosis that I had two brains. One brain was on the right side of my head. One brain was on the left side of my head. And I would actually, like, fight the things that were coming up, like, with my conscious brain. I would fight it, but the stuff would come up anyway. Is that a fairly normal experience, or am I just nuts? No. Um, that seems like that that was... That you would can be say more, nuts. It's okay. That, no, that's more... That was that would seem like, to me, that would be more of a... control. Of uh, of your of yourself uh, uh, fighting control, my unwillingness to let go. Yes, mm. that's what I, was, I would say. It. Okay, yeah, that makes and that makes sense because it was more so that way in the early ones, and like the last couple, it wasn't like that. But I that's, also had life between lives, well, and, and, and the more you do it. Yeah. The more that is going to be, it'll be more and more fluid for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I did find that I got, I guess I got better at it. I mean, is there like a learning curve or something? Or a, why do you get better at it? It's more, it, it, it's not so much of a learning curve. It's more of a comfort level. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. So, well, go ahead. You're going you're gonna to find more of a, the, the more intellectual a person is, the more, um, the more control issues uh, a person has to, to give up control. That's absolutely true, and and you you described me perfectly. I mean, I don't consider myself an intellectual, but I, I you know I used to be very very analytical, and when I started doing this paranormal stuff, um, I was incredibly analytical. So yeah, it makes it makes sense. I love that, Karen. This paranormal stuff. This paranormal <laughs> stuff. I'm just being silly. Well, so, um, do you think, I'm trying to think of a way to frame this. I, I, I try not to think. You try not to think. But if you thought, <laughs> no, if, sure. if so, so just, let's just imagine for a minute that you did think. Um, okay. so. My wife, there, my wife said that I think at all. <laughs> there are some <laughs> theories out there. Well, we, we always say that about our husbands. There are some ser- theories that people have. Oh, so I'm right. There is a club. 
There is a club. Yeah, of course. Not a club. Oh. It's a secret society. It is. It's a secret society I, I knew it. of wives. I knew it. Damn it, I yeah. knew it. That's right. Your wife and I are besties. And we you, know each other. And, and, it, and if you make one mad, they're all mad. I That's knew it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. The I world knew. is against you on the days that you piss your wife off, just so you know. Uh. At least leave 50% of the population. Um, anyway, okay. So, you know, there are theories out there that people have that... Um, that when you have a paranormal experience, that it's a delusion or a hallucination or that type of thing. Do you think that there could be some truth to it in that somehow people are engaged in some kind of a like a hypnotic thing where they believe that they've experienced something but they haven't? Am I making that any sense with that? That somebody that that uh, if they're seeing something that it's a hip, that's something hypnotic yes because all hypnosis is ultimately self-hypnosis right so and under hypnosis right. basically the reason hypnosis works is because people are at their most suggestible they're more suggestible when they're hypnotized than when they're fully conscious correct right so what if it's uh, it's like a self-hypnotic thing, and really, what they are is just more suggestible. Okay, so let me ask. Okay, so all right. So, are you saying that if somebody sees a paranormal event like mm-hmm. a ghost or something like mm-hmm. that, you're mm-hmm. you're you're suggesting to me that they are under some type of a having some type of a uh, hip, hypnosis? Of yeah. Could it be that they've just, yeah, could it be that, you know, they've been sitting there staring at the boob tube and they've got a little form of highway hypnosis going on and, you know, maybe they've been watching ghost hunters and so then all of a sudden they think they see something and they're suggestible because they've been, you know, sort of, I mean, because can't sitting and watching TV kind of hypnotize you too? I know driving down the road hypnotizes me. I don't think that that's what's happening at all. Okay. Well, Uh, you know, I don't either. I was just, you know. Just a theory. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I don't think that that's happening at all. I think that, that at that point, I think you're you were getting into something something completely different, and I think you're tapping into uh, psi ability, our psychic uh-huh. selves, and uh, I think that uh, that's when you're starting to look into um, maybe a uh, place memory event or uh, or dealing with an intelligent uh, uh, an intelligent event. Of, of somebody having that event happening to them, um, but that's not that's not uh, that's not a hypnotic event. No. Okay. Okay. Very clear. All right. Well, I just always think about hypnosis and all of the different applications that it can have. And people think, for instance, that a hypnotherapist can make you do things against your will. And you say to that, sir? Uh, no. You have uh, you have more control over uh, yourself under hypnosis than uh, you have you have complete control under hypnosis. You're either going to do it, you're either going to wake up, or you're going to fall into a deeper sleep. Uh, you are not going to do anything that you would not do under your baser instincts, the way you were raised um, or taught. Um, you are not going to do anything that you do not want to do. Right. 
well, what about you know clucking you know clucking like a chicken and you know we've seen that people buy of- people buy into that though yeah that's because um, they are that's again going back to um, that's going back into fear of the unknown. Uh, if you don't understand what hypnosis does and people feed you um, a line of bull of what it is and, uh, and you see the stuff on TV, you know, uh, stage hypnosis. See, mm-hmm. with stage hypnosis, okay, when they choose a person for stage hypnosis, you know, you go in there with a three-drink minimum, all right, you are, you're, you're going to choose somebody that's probably already had two or three drinks, first of all. So they're sure. already lose, they're already there for to have a good time. Okay. And they're already going to be suggestible. So um, when they've already had two or three under their belt and they're, they're already there gonna, and uh, they're laughing, joking, having a good time, you're already going to be able to make them suggest to do anything anyway. True. All right. So you're so talking this, lowered inhibitions at this point then. Right. Your, your mm-hmm. inhibitions are lower. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you already, you're, you know, and you test your audience as far as, you know, your jokes and things like that. Who's going to be, who's, who's reacting to what so, and who's, uh, who, uh, who's going to allow you to do what? I mean, you, you do, this is all you're testing. So, yeah. and who's, so who's going to, you know, uh, who's reacting to what jokes so you know who's going to be able to do what. Okay. And uh, mm. these are and these are the people that you are going to be bringing up on stage. So it's reading people as much as hypnotizing it's, them. Exactly. You okay. can read your audience. You're going to those are the people you're going to bring up. These are the people that are going to be susceptible. Those are the people you're going to bring up. Those are the ones that you're going to you're going to put under. And uh, when that and uh, when they um, are under, these are the ones that are going to be the ones that are going to be clucking like a chicken. Okay. Um, okay. Dancing with the stools, doing all the nasty stuff on stage. Okay, uh, it gives me a better understanding. Pardon? I was just saying this gives me a much better understanding. Yeah, and yeah, these are the, and these are going to be your performers. Okay, those are, those, those are going to be your performers. Those are the ones that you're going to be able to give the keywords to, and uh, you know, and you know, have the audience give them the keyword and let them do whatever. Right. Those are the ones. Those are the ones that, that those are the ones. Okay. So I just thought of a, another interesting application of because I, I was taught this too. When I, this yeah. is one of the things I taught uh, for my, you know, for my certifications and stuff. I mean, I can do this. I just choose not to. Why would you want to? Exactly. Yeah. So what about somebody? So there's, there's some things, some events that happen to people that are kind of grouped into paranormal and, and that we don't really understand. Um, for instance, one of them is the sleep paralysis, old hag syndrome, that people mm-hmm. sometimes um, think that they've been abducted by aliens or that there's a ghost sitting on their back, things like that. Can Have you ever thought about or have you done any research through hypnosis with people who have experiences like uh, what they believe are alien abductions or, you know, that type of thing to see, can you, could you drill down to the truth through that? Do you think? Well, first of all, um, research into that, you'll notice that uh, through the years, old hag syndrome has been, has changed through the years yeah. Uh, it's been an old hag. It's been a witch. It's been um, it has been it's been a ghost. It's been yeah. uh, alien, as you said, and so forth. Sure. Uh, right. My my thing with that is is that uh, when somebody has mentioned that to me, uh, I usually first tell them uh, tell folks that um, 
usually when you deal with things like that, first I would I I I first question them about stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're looking to their stressors first because usually when you when you're dealing with stuff like that, it's just usually you usually have um, some stress involved. Uh, I usually have to look into that. Um, I can't, you know, and I usually um, also do a um, a stress release for them. Uh, I can also uh, do something um, as far as um, any blockages, as far as uh, any sleep issues that they have. I, w- I will release that too okay. um, to see if, if that might have anything to do with anything like that as well. Okay. And, but see if that helps. Um, I do mention to them as well, maybe to have it sort of have themselves checked for sleep apnea. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because some of the stuff that has to do with uh, old hag also mimics sleep apnea. Oh, yeah, so, true. So hmm. have them check for that as well. Well, no, I mean, I can, I can see that because my brother-in-law uh, suffered from sleep apnea so bad that he had to have like the reconstructive surgery done. And he used to say that he would. Oh, um, sorry, Paul in my basement was trying to get my attention there. Uh, it's a spirit, spirit that I have in my basement. Um, <laughs> sorry, his ghost. That. His ghost was bothering him. Yeah, my ghost was like it was like a bright light all of a sudden down the hall, and it's like where the hell did that come from? There's nobody else in the basement. But anyways, um, he used to talk about that. That he would, you know, right right as he was doing the whole gagging thing and waking up, it's like he would see like shadows flashing around the wall. Right. <laughs> well, you know, um, the, you know, a couple of different things could, you know, could, uh, you know, could be going on at the same time. You could, you know, you could be dealing with, uh, you know, you could be dealing with, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, an old hag syndrome. Uh, you could, you know, there could be something, there could be a place memory event that's going on at the same time. You could mm-hmm. be tapping it to, at you know, around the same time as well, um, you, know, the, you know, that you're dealing with. And then, um, you know, you might have some sleep apnea going on. I mean, there's just really t- so much that it's just really kind of hard to tell mm-hmm. um, unless, you just start, unless you just start knocking out the list, really. Right. Yeah. right. You know. Right. Um, and until you start knocking out the list and, and, uh, and, and, you know, then you just kind of still, you still have that onion, you know, that, that onion skin still. Yeah. Okay. All those layers. All those layers. Yep. So here's what we need to do. We actually need to go to break. You can stick around for another 45 minutes or so. If you'll still have me. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Otherwise, people have to sit and listen to Rick and I yammer at each other and, you know. Nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) So uh, we'll go to break. And um, so you guys stick around. We'll be back in just a minute or two. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everyone. Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun right here on the Hazy Radio Network. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. 
Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, 
And welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, the song that you just heard was Whiskey on the Mississippi by Kevin McLeod. Uh, a song we actually we play quite a bit on this show. And, and uh, for the last 45 minutes, we have been talking with Peter James Haviland, uh, clinical hypnotherapist as well as uh, parapsychologist. So thank you, Pete, so much for uh, you know, staying with us for another segment. Well, thank you for having me. I've uh, really enjoyed it so far. Great, perfect, and so, as as we, as of we, now I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, work with Lloyd Auerbach. Um, Lloyd is a he's a real good friend of the show. He's been on the show a few times, and um, you know, fascinating guy, ghost hunting and chocolatiering. I have no idea how that meshes, but he makes it, it work does. somehow. It makes perfect. <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense. How did you how did you get hooked up with a, with a cat like Lloyd Auerbach? Um, well, you know, it's an interesting story. Um, I, well, I, I've read, you know, I read his, uh, you know, I read his books and, mm-hmm. um, had the unique opportunity of, uh, meeting Lloyd, uh, shoot, I don't know, 10 plus years ago. I was, uh, in, um, I, I was, I was in San Francisco, um, on my honeymoon actually. And, uh, I was at the, uh, um, Moss Beach Distillery with okay. my wife. And um, I presented my business card um, there, and uh, I and because I wanted, you know, I want, I wanted to, I, I forget exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I was, I, I guess, I wanted to kind of ask some questions at the place, and uh, we were waiting in line, and um, I the place was packed, and I noticed that there was one. Um, there was one. There was one chair and one table that was empty. Nobody was sitting there, and they walked over and they they grabbed us and they sat us there. Mm-hmm. And my my wife and I were sitting there, and all of a sudden I saw saw Lloyd walk over and uh, introduce himself, and I was like, my jaw dropped. And he's like, I am Lloyd Allerback, and uh, you know, introduced himself, and and uh, I just like awestruck because I mean I know all of his work and stuff like that and uh, and uh, I just we've been friends ever since and uh, he invited me to uh, the pro meeting and I was um, I was honored uh, to be there and uh, was and uh, we founded pro that day mm-hmm. and uh, he's been taking my phone calls ever since. <laughs> well, so, that's so, great. You know, so you, you haven't know, made a mad uh, yet. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we've become very good friends and colleagues. And, uh, you know, so he's and he's mentored me over the years. And uh, we've just, you know, like I said, become very good friends. And uh, uh, like I said, he's, he, still takes my, he still takes my phone calls and we, we chat, you know, maybe once once, twice, or three times a month, and uh, share, you know, share thoughts and stuff, and just, you know, I'm just honored. Well, so I think of Lloyd as a guy who's doing it right. I mean, he, you know, and and so that tells me that you're probably somebody who's doing it right too, as far as protocols and things like that. So, um, you 
hear how teams and people conduct their investigations and things. And I'd like to know what you think is are some of the biggest missteps people make when they investigate. Mm. I think probably... I think probably walking in with a with a preconceived notion of what things are. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams walking in thinking that of what things are beforehand. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know I mentioned earlier about letting the evidence speak for itself. I uh, hear uh, and, and and letting the outcome be whatever that evidence is. Uh, I see a lot of folks. Um, making the judgment of what that is uh, before all of the evidence is in. Now, you can have, uh, you can have uh, thoughts and um, ideas of what things are, but I've seen a lot of folks pretty much make their minds up before you're dealing with things um, and, and try to manipulate the evidence around what their thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the confirmation and, bias stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that seems like that that is 80% of what I see, and that drives me nuts. Um, or, you know, uh, and sometimes I see the client drive what the case is. I have a demon in my house. Oh, you do? Okay, let's go take care of it. Okay, how do you know it's a demon? <laughs> yeah, I love, I, mean, I love the demon I'm, thing. And, and, and I'm not a big demon guy anyway. No, me either. Okay. Yeah. First of all. And, um, you know, I just, and I did Coast to Coast not too long ago. And uh, and as soon as I said that, uh, I had about maybe five emails come back to me uh, giving <laughs> me, uh, giving me um, you know, different sections in the Bible to read. Of, uh, right. But I, yeah. I was, I, I was going to go to hell because uh, I didn't. You know, I didn't know what a demon was, but you know what um, though, Pete, you and I we kind of talked about that a little bit. And usually, when I have people, they get on my case about the demon thing because demons don't figure into my belief system, anyways. But I am a student of parapsychology, and with parapsychology, I think we're a little bit more concerned with human consciousness than anything religious. Would you agree with that? I uh, that's yeah, I, that's how I agree with that too, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm of the school of thought that you have to give something um, power and, and credence over you to have it to have it manifest over you. Exactly. And that's my thought, but you know, I can, you know, but that's my two cents. I can't have anybody else. You know, I, I can't push that thought into anybody. That's not what I do, and, and and I don't make that suggestion over anybody, and I don't make. And uh, you know, and I have the res- and I respect and everybody's belief system. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to push that onto anybody. Right. So please, please so please understand. Right. But, sure. uh, you know, so but I do, um, you know, on on that, uh, you know, on that whole demon thing. You know, I, I do question when somebody comes back to me and says that they feel that I will. Um, interview them and ask them why they feel that way and go through the whole, you know, whole list of stuff, uh, you know, uh, why do you feel like that? How do you feel like that? 
uh, what you know did somebody mention to you that that you know that that is how you feel and, and get into all of that stuff and uh, nine times out of ten or ninety nine percent of the time um, it's usually um, it's it's usually misidentification. Yeah, sure. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, that you know, I just was doing an article on um, demonic possession, and was reading some stuff by a, um, a priest who was trained in exorcism, and he said that really, in all of the cases, in all of the years he, that he's done it, it's far fewer than one percent of the cases where he actually thinks that you know an exorcism was warranted. And this is a Catholic priest who is, that's his job as demons. Well, I think it's, I think it's because they know, you know, they, 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 they get their educate. They actually have real honest to God, religious education in this, you know, rather than just like, you know, like a guy like myself going through, Oh, Hey, the great, a book on demonology. Ooh, now I'm an expert. So I think that that's, I think that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what, you know what really scares me is when you go onto the internet and you find all these half-ass school technology that um, you know that they have no background, they have nothing uh, that's real, you know church-based. That um, you know that uh, it, it, it just scares me that these you know that the folks that these folks go out there and. They, you know, they go out there. They think that they have um, something back to back them, and they don't. Right. You know, well, and 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 they're going out there, and they're 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 they're, they're going to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. They're going to hurt the clients. Right. And you know, and it just it 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 scares me. No, I mean I'm I'm with you on that too. I consulted on a case once where a where a group um had gone into a home and told the woman it's like, "Well, your house is, you know, infested with demons and your daughter is the one that's demon possessed." Well, her daughter had was autistic. She was a special needs child. Um that is um criminal in my in my opinion saying something like that. But after talking to this woman on the Yeah, it, yeah, after talking to this woman on the phone for a couple of minutes, it's like, you don't have demons in your house. You have a poltergeist. And from everything that she told me, I'm like, ma'am, you're the focus. You're the person that's causing this psychokinesis. And I, mm-hmm. and I explained to her, I'm like, you might need to talk to a family therapist, and that should help you out immensely. And uh, sure enough, man, after two weeks of seeing a family therapist with her daughter, because she had gone through a divorce, she was all alone, she had no money, she was you know, taking care of, an, of, of a special needs child. Two weeks after I suggested this, they went to a family counselor, got it free through her, through her work or whatever, and uh, all the, everything in the house had stopped. Exactly. No need for a priest, no need for a demonologist. All they needed was what Nandor Fodor believed in, and that was psychotherapy for the haunted. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, and I don't know. I, I really don't think that there's a need for a demonologist anyway. I, sure. I, I just think that I just don't think that that's a that's a needed field. Um, I mean, why do you need to know all of the names of something anyway? If if you've got a if you've got a clergist. That is uh, that's been trained um, by a, a church that 
has that has um, uh, that is um, a legitimate church that mm-hmm. is trained. They're going to know that anyway, and part of the ritual right. is to is to ha- is to know that you don't need a genealogist because all they are is a middleman, and, and you don't need you don't, you don't you don't need them. Right. Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah, and, and and this brings me to something interesting that I had uh, read. I mean, again, oh, again, again. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just my two cents, and I'll probably get hate now. But oh well. Oh well, you, you won't know. get it from us. It's okay. <laughs> no, because no, we because we agree with you, and most of our listeners yeah. will too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because it's something that you talked about quite a bit um, in a in an article that I had written, or rather written, that I had read that you wrote. It was at a ghostvillage.com and uh, it was oh, called an... Go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, here we it's go. A, it was, it's here we it's go. up on my computer right now. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, though, because I've been listening, you know, so... Well, personally, I thought it was brilliant because I'm like reading this. It's called An Open Letter to the Paranormal Community. And first off, I had thought about writing something like this. But after reading this, it's like, how do I even follow something like that? Secondly, it was brilliant. And a lot of the things that you talked about, especially this um, with the demonology, um, it it really, in in a way, I found myself giggling like uh, like an anime schoolgirl on the inside. Because I'm like, all right, cool. This is a cat that gets it. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about this, uh, this open letter to the paranormal community. What exactly prompted you to write something like this? It, I wrote that out of a lot of frustration, out of um, watching. Well, I, first of all, I don't watch the shows, okay? Okay. I, I, I wrote that out of um, listening and... Uh, listening to and getting a lot of feedback and uh, a lot of cases coming in from clients uh, telling me of telling me what they were dealing with and what they were doing and what they were saying and stuff like that. And, um, and it was just basically out of, out of what I was getting from clients. Mm -hmm. And I just basically, I just had to put it on paper. So let's let's talk about a lot of the misconceptions that people have because people really do have misconceptions and you did cover it in this and I would suggest that anybody go and read this because like I said I was I was like giggling like a I was like a super villain man that's <laughs> reading this well thing. I, I posted the, the link in the chat room okay cool yeah everybody should read this because it's interesting because I can see how you would write something out of this of frustration one of the things that really interests me that you talk about um, is dead time. Uh, what is dead time? I think I wrote that. I think I wrote that a, uh, a couple of years ago around when Paranormal State was out. Yeah, yeah. I was say, the first time I ever saw a dead time, I was like, oh please. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's a huge misconception that for some odd reason, paranormal community, or rather, paranormal, uh, paranormal activity seems to ramp up around this time, and that's just not true, correct? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was just saying, according to, you know, what you wrote in Dead Time and what we saw on, you know, Paranormal State, for some reason, people have got it into their mind that this is when paranormal activity ramps up for... Oh, talking about Dead Time? Dead Time, yeah. That, you know, the 3 a.m. hour or whatever, all of a sudden it's like, that's when the evil comes out. Uh, Yeah, no, that's that's a misconception. Paranormal uh, paranormal activity happens daytime, nighttime, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen whenever it happens. 
um, that that was uh, that's a misconception. Um, that that was probably put out there for um, a dramatic license. If there is some type of um, if there is some type of uh, reasoning for it, uh, I'd like to hear it. Um, but somebody told me it was because of um, the, um, the the uh, the the flip side of when Christ was crucified. Like twelve and, hours, uh, twelve hours later, yeah. or something. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that and if that's the case, then why uh, to mock the 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 uh, the crucifix, crucifixion of Christ? Um, then then why would you ever use it for um, for uh, for research purposes? So you know, I don't want to hear it. I Good don't. point. Good, Good point. point. Well, you know, and the other thing is that, like, I'm sorry, but. 3 a.m. is not the only time you get activity. It's totally dependent on the place. And if you're going and planning on doing the majority of your vigil at 3 a.m., my guess is you're going to miss out on a lot. You know, what if the place is most active at 9 o'clock in the morning? Then you're screwed. To find your activity, you have to sit down and interview your client and listen to your client when the activity is, not yes. at 3 a.m. Right. If you're not listening to your client and your interview, then you're bullshit. Excuse the language. That's oh, all right. Nah, no worries. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just don't use the F word, my man. Oh, I won't. I don't do that at all anyway. Okay. Yeah. But seriously, if you're not listening to your, your client of when your when the activity is, that's that's when you that's when you need to set up. If they're getting it at three, if they're getting it at three in the afternoon, of whenever, if they're getting if they're getting uh you know uh, I don't a dog walking across the uh, uh, the backyard at three you know at three p.m. in the afternoon, that's where you need to set up. Not three, no, not three a.m. because that's dead time. Right, right, right. Well, I've, I mean, I've it's all in your it's it's all in your interview. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to ask you about that actually because the interview is very important. So when I, say I'm a client and I've just contacted you and said help, I think I have some paranormal activity in my home. What do you mm-hmm. what do you do next? What's the process you follow? Um, I would go out to the house and do a, what I, what I do a preliminary. I would. Uh, I go out there and uh, I have several. I actually have several questionnaires. Um, not, I do a uh, I do a questionnaire as far as uh, uh, to find out what type of uh, if, they're, if they have any type of uh, PK uh, ability. I look at that. I do uh, I do uh, I look at uh, the uh, the event that they the event that they uh, are having. Um, I uh, bring somebody out to look at the, uh, do a structural analysis mm-hmm. of the house. Uh, I do have I do have a uh, medium that comes out to uh, to walk the house to get me some uh, names, dates, places, and events. Um, if if it's a uh, if they're having uh, uh, you know uh, an intelligent event or if it's a place memory event or something researchable for me. Uh, I mean, this is all just the preliminary stuff before I actually bring in, uh, you know, any of the big guns of, uh, you know, wiring up the house to look like a Christmas tree. Sure. Right. 
Right. Well, I think that's important. So when you bring your mediums in, Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that your medium does not communicate with anybody else. My medium does not know anything besides the address and the time to be there. Uh, it, they, they go out there by themselves, um, and I instruct the homeowner not to speak to them. And, uh, it, and um, if, if I can be there, I videotape it. If I, I can't be there, they are instructed to walk the place and uh, to take notes and to send me a report. So then Mm. when you actually go in for the investigation, you've read the reports, you've done the things with the home. Do you have other people then that go in and investigate who don't have any preconceived ideas? I am the only person that knows knows everything that has gone on there. Okay. My, uh, My other investigators... Um, they will know what hot spots, what the hot spots are, um, but uh, and where to set up. But uh, I don't tell them anything specific about the place because if they have any, um, if, if they have any experiences, I want those to to lay over top of anything else to validate anything else that's been going on. See, and that's what really that, that's what I find really great. Well, really hilarious, rather, about a lot of the, a lot of television shows that would dare to even use a medium. Uh, take, for example, like Most Haunted. Um, are you going to tell me that Derek Akorage cannot just hop on the internet and tell you what is going on at such and such a famous British site? I, I mean, what, what, what are your protocols for that? Do you like tell you people it's like, oh, hey, don't go on a website and look up this people's home to find out if there's anything there in the past? You know, I, a long time ago, um, I did some research work for uh, Peter James. Okay. And um, he worked with uh, Derek Okoro for the ISPR a long time ago. Right. And uh, when I spoke to, uh, when I spoke to Peter, he told me one time that uh, when they did this, uh, when they were on the site and... um, Derek was going off and uh, mentioning something about uh, in this one thing about how he kept on going off about how he was feeling this and how he was feeling that, and um, I said, uh, I asked Peter. I said, "Well, Derek kept on going off about this one place, and he kept and he goes." Peter said, uh, "He goes, Derek was full of crap." <laughs> All right then. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with uh, with Peter James, and I mean, definitely was a uh, he was a, a he was a phenomenon. He I mean, he he himself. Yeah he, yeah, he didn't care for Derek too much. He felt that he was a showboat. Okay. Well, I think that I think that um, what happens with a lot of mediums who have abilities, I think that a lot of them have a very. Um, that they definitely have abilities, but I think once you start to get recognition for those abilities, your ego starts to enter in, and it's really hard to kind of remain pure in what you do. I can see that. Yeah. So I have a question um, in chat for you. Elaine wants to know, when you go on your first visits with people, do you take somebody with you? No, I do not. You go alone. I I, I go by myself. Um, I, I just I, 
gloss up. I, I generally, um, I, I just, I feel comfortable going by myself. Um, normally, um, when uh, we go on our full investigations, I normally go through the buddy system and stuff like that. But when I go and do our preliminary stuff, uh, I, I just, I go by myself. And, and I, I normally do that. Uh, to build up the rapport with the client, and uh, sure, mm-hmm. and and uh, I I want them to feel comfortable with me, and if they feel comfortable with me, they'll feel comfortable with the team. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want them to feel um, I don't want them to feel like that they um, I, I, I just so. Our audio just went really bad. Is everybody there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, that was so strange. Our audio just totally, uh, you know, flipped out on us. Yeah, but we're we're good. We're strong again. So Cheryl wants to know if you're named after Peter James. No. Uh, no. (laughs) That's just an amazing coincidence, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, Pete, it's... um, we, we we have a tendency to focus, you know, put a lot of focus on, you know, like the negatives of the field these days. What do you think of some of the positives? I, I, I can hear, hear you. Okay. I was just saying is that, you know, I, I wrote a thing on, on my Facebook the other day that about how we in the old school, uh, we seem to kind of bag on a lot of the stuff that we view as being negative in the field these days. What do you think are some of the, the, the strong points um, of, of this uh, new school way of doing things? I think we're having big time audio problems, Cheryl. Yeah, we sure are. No, I know. I, I, I heard. I heard. I'm okay. Speaking. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, I heard. Well, um, I mean, there's some. I mean, we do have some. I mean, there have been some. Uh, some of the technology um, it has uh, progressed, and we, you know, and we're starting to use some of that. Of you know, for instance, uh, you know, like for instance, the flare we didn't have that years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're starting to use that into and what we're what we're using. Um, I think that uh, um, EVP has progressed a bit um, as far as the way it's uh, um, been. Um, Utilized and uh, and and cleaned uh, to be able to use. Now, uh, on some of the, I think uh, on with EDP, um, some of my thoughts are is that um, now that we um, have shown that we can uh, capture voice on site. I think that we need to bring it to the next level and get researchable points instead of, you know, concentrating on class A, B, and C. I think we need to get researchable points, you know, as far as names, dates, places, and events, if it's possible, and bring it to the next level instead of uh, just concentrating on, you know, class A, B, and C. Right. Just you know. 
No, I, I agree with you. You know, when, when it does come to EVP, though, you know, the, there's a lot of people that will disagree with that, saying that it's not possible to capture these voices, but obviously we do. Um, how do you think well, that well, that's these... Why, well, that's why I stated what I did, is that now, uh, you know, if you can get researchable points, mm-hmm. um, that means that you're going to have more than just fragments of... Uh, fragments of statements or fragments of this or that, you're going to try to see if you can get more of a, of a conversation or more something more than what we're getting now. Mm-hmm. You're going to try to push the envelope to try to get something more uh, to re- be able to research. Sure. But what do you think? What do you think the mechanism is that spirits use to? Uh, I mean, obviously, because they don't have a voice box and they don't have lungs, so they're not breathing, so there's not any air coming out. How, how do you, how do you think that they do this? Um, electromagnetic field. Okay. Um, on on to uh, well, I'll go back. I mean, going. Going back to old school, electromagnetic field onto tape, mm-hmm. voice mod- voice modulation onto tape, and uh, it's just it's basically kind of the same concept. Uh, you're just uh, you know just digitizing from I- IC, putting it onto the IC. Same right. same concept. Same concept. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Know. I think that's one. I think that yeah. You know, but but here let me throw a monkey wrench onto this. Um, you know. Um, if um, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name, just blank. I just blank. I do Who that about five okay. times a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is the gentleman that could um, that could that could place um, images onto oh, film? Ted Serios. Ted Serios. If Ted Serios can place photographs uh, images on the photographs mm-hmm. that's not the person placing it onto there are we creating our own EVPs yeah I think sometimes we might be it's kind of a telepathy yeah yeah I actually wonder that myself I wonder if we create a lot of our own evidence without realizing we're doing it using um, you know like psychokinesis and telepathy yes Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating and, thought, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And could that be done as a collective conscience, uh, almost like a, uh, you know, almost like a uh, a Philip experiment kind of a thing? You know, everybody's right. wanting to go in uh, and catch a ghost or something like that. So everybody's kind of going in as wanting to get to do something, and maybe as a collective conscience kind of a thing. Maybe yeah. what you're catching is that collective energy wanting to get something. So what you're catching is that collective energy. Hmm. See, and the implications of that are uh, um, a little staggering. And I think that that theory, while I find it plausible and fascinating, I think a lot of people in the field would not like that theory very much. No. I'm not here to make everybody happy. <laughs> well, you're not? You're preaching to the choir, brother. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been called names by people I don't even know, so evidently I'm not here to make everybody happy, so I'm good. 
Oh, that's okay. okay. Well, that sounds good to me. So, um, <laughs> as long as you're making yourself happy and not making your wife unhappy, it's all good. Because you know, yeah. if, mom, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy, right? <laughs> You know, I'm going to put it to you like this. I actually got an email once where a girl told me that I well, – I think I was telling you about this. She she told me that I was a threat to, paranor- to paranormal unity. <laughs> I was like, I never, what? You know what? Nobody ever, nobody <laughs> ever, ever, ever sends me emails like that. Maybe oh, it's just no, I get it. I say things nicer than you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm, I'm such a pretentious snob. Some people, they just don't care for that. <laughs> you know – uh, you don't even want me to get started on paranormal unity. Um, uh, oh, come on. It might be fun. Oh, yeah, come on. We've we got a, a little time minutes. here. <laughs> We've got a couple of minutes. Go for it. Uh, you know, there's a thing called professionalism. And you can, and, if you can, and if you can be professional, you can get along with anybody. Right. Professional, professional unity, to me, is, uh, you know, it, it's... it's it, it, it's like I, I just what I when when somebody tells me about uh, paranormal unity, I see a bunch of see a bunch of people hanging around and um and and drinking beer and communing with spirits and uh, holding it, hands, a, singing kumbaya, holding hands, drum circles, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. totes. It, 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 it's how do I put this? There's, there's, it, it's this play, this, this, this community is split into two. You have entertainment and you have research. Mm-hmm. Paranormal unity is entertainment. Oh, they're perfect. Yeah. And then you have, and then you have research. Okay. So you have, prof- you have the professionalism under research and you have, prof- and you have paranormal unity under entertainment. Pick a side. Oh, okay. No, I mean, obviously, I'm a threat to paranormal unity, so I know where I stand. And yet, but here you, you are on a radio show being paranormal entertainment. Just saying. Is it, no, you're absolutely right about that. But um, yeah, I, I do think that we, you know, I, and, and you're right, Peter. It is about being professional, and it's about having respect for your colleagues and your peers, you know, rather than talking about them behind their backs. If you behave professionally. And the people you're working with behave professionally. You can work with anybody, and they don't have to be somebody that you want to have a beer with. I mean, you know, because that's what professionalism is. We do it on our jobs all the time. Right. So. I mean, you can, you can be professional. You can get along with anybody. And it, exactly. And, and, all honesty, and, and it seems like to me, the people that that you ha- that have the biggest problem with everybody are the people hello hello oh no oh. we were coming up on the big finish where'd he go <laughs> cheryl cheryl hello hi we lost our guest Right in the middle oh, of the big finish. Bummer. I know. Shall we so try and call try him, back? him back so that he can finish his thought and yeah. like promote himself? That would be good. That would be fantastic. And he was actually, I liked what he was saying. So Yeah, yeah me too. Let's try this again. 
Yes, here we are, guys. Paranormal Underground Radio, where things like this happen. Ooh, let's dance. <laughs> He's probably still talking. Probably. Ugh. Hello? Hey! Hey! So, you, you just Welcome back. right in the middle of the big finish, you dropped out. You want to finish yeah. your thought? Well, it just seems like some of the biggest fights that I've seen are the ones that, that are the folks that are with paranormal unity. <laughs> Let's fight over being united. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. saying, that's the, that's, that's the biggest fights that I've seen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know what? That is That is pretty much, if you look up irony in the dictionary, right there. There it Very is. Very definition. So, the good news is we got you back in time for our favorite part of the show, which is Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. This is where you can tell our listeners how to find you, um, you know, where you are. This is where the hate mail is going to rain. Okay, okay, so anything you would like to shamelessly self-promote, <laughs> this is the time to do it. Go! Okay, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, um, if my... Uh, my website is www.lsfpi.org, or my uh, my hypnosis site is www.redoakhypnosis.com. Very cool. Very All right. Nice. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been really fun talking to you. Um, I hope I didn't talk your ear off. I, like I say, you, I got really excited about the hypnotherapy stuff, so, you know. <laughs> well, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've truly enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you'll yeah. come back another time. I I would uh, I would enjoy that. And thanks to uh, everybody in the uh, the chat room. And uh, look forward to uh, coming back on. All right. Thank you. Have a good thanks, evening. Pete. Good night. Okay. Talk to you. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. All right. There you go, guys. Uh, interesting conversation, and I liked that it didn't go places that we usually do. Oh that yeah. For me. Yeah. yeah. Other than other than the little technical glitch for the big reveal, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. And I had it like blinked out earlier. It's like, wait a second, I was trying to say something and yeah. I'm back. All right, cool. <laughs> we haven't had a lot of uh Skype issues recently. I should probably knock on something wood. Um yeah. Yeah, okay. Got it. I got it covered. All right. All right. But we haven't had a lot of Skype issues recently and unfortunately we had a few tonight, but it's all good. So we have some sunspots. Yes, we have some business that we need to go over. First of all, I um, want to invite you to stick around and listen to Chucky G after us. He is, Cheryl, tell me the guest again. I'm so sorry. Or, Rick, you can say it. Uh, Debbie Hinckley. Debbie Hinckley. Um, I don't know. I, I swear I know her and I've talked to her, which is really weird because apparently I haven't. Maybe I dreamed it. Anyway, so that should be a really interesting show. That's on right after this. And next week... You will be hearing Chucky e. G a half an hour early, and we'll be wrapping up a half an hour early. So we'll go from 6 to 7.30 Pacific, other times in other states, um, other time zones, and Chuck will go from 7.30 to 9. And it's just going to be a great way to get you a little more Chucky e. G because he's just fantastic. He is. So also want to invite everybody to check out other programs on this wonderful network. Um, we've premiered a lot of programs recently on hazy and the schedule's filling up so you can find some really fascinating topics and hear some really interesting conversations this is a good network so get listening folks right right 
Right. All right. So, Cheryl. Yes. Well, hi there. Hello. Good show. Thanks to Peter. Yes. Sorry yep, for my show. my silly question about if he was named after Peter James. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't ask if he was named after, like, Peter Dinklage or something. <laughs> I mean, that would have been even more random. That's true. So, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk magazine real quick. Yeah, the... Um, April issue of Paranormal Underground Magazine is available on our website and on our apps for Apple and Google Play. And the next issue hopefully will be online um, the, by the 9th of May. May? Okay. Mm-hmm. And what do we have coming up in the May issue? Oh, you would have to ask me that. Well, of course, this is what we well, do every <laughs> Cheryl, every time at the end of the show we have this conversation, you act like it's the first time I've ever I know, I know. It's so funny, huh? Um, We have actually a great Q&A with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. How how do you pronounce that? Guiley. That's cool. And if you know of her, she is a bit of a legend in the paranormal field. And she has done a lot of research. She's written a lot of books about many different paranormal topics. And so and they're great books, too. They're yeah. Great books. Really excited about that. We have a uh, top ten list from Karen. Top ten ways to strengthen your psychic abilities. It kind of follows up on last month's column. Dealing really? With I wrote that? I wonder what I wrote. <laughs> well, you would know that. Cause <laughs> I don't remember psychic. now. See? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I I can't wait to read it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good. I wrote I wrote that months ago, so <laughs> I don't remember. Oh. We have a couple of new columns premiering in this in this issue in the May issue. Um, Karen, do you want to talk about yours real quick? Yeah. So my column is going to be on metaphysics and energy healing, and um, it'll look at all sorts of topics. Metaphysics covers all sorts of stuff. So it's going to cover forms of energy healing like crystals and Reiki and Chios and um, that type of thing. It's going to cover metaphysical topics like meditation and psychic abilities and affirmations and visualization. And metaphysics is really a tool where you can make your life better. I'm, I'm excited so about that. So it has a really positive focus. And the mm-hmm. other thing is, and I'd like to, this is where we invite you to participate, although maybe not Elaine, because she has the weirdest dreams. <laughs> but um, also, I don't know if it's going to wind up being a separate column or if it's going to be part of this column. We're also adding dream interpretation. And dream interpretation rocks. I mean, it is so cool. I've been practicing. I've been practicing on people I know. And I've been practicing on my own dreams and stuff. And just fantastic. So I'm excited about that. So here's what we need you to do. We need you to send your dreams to Cheryl. Now, we'll keep you anonymous if that's something that you want. It can even be like maybe you just have a symbol that recurs in your dreams a lot. Um, you know, maybe you dream about giving birth all the time, or maybe you dream about, I don't know, um, hummingbirds or anything. Um, it can be a recurring dream. It can just be you wake up one morning and go, oh, my God, what did I have pizza last night? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to attempt to interpret those dreams. So send them to Cheryl, editor at paranormalunderground.net. I would put dream interpretation in the subject line so she knows what it's about. If you want it to be anonymous, you need to let her know that in the body of the email as well. Anything else, yeah. Cheryl? 
Wait nope, a second, hold it. on. They can tell us anything, or is there like, you know, no sex dreams? Reason? Okay, very good. I don't want it. Well, Cheryl's going to screen all those. She gets to read all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess you can send your sex dreams to Cheryl, but it's probably not going. It's a family magazine, wow. and it's probably not something that we will select for the magazine. Lucky me. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I ask is because you I, know, yeah, know you're going to get them. Yes. No, 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 not, not naive, no, but you know they're coming. Yeah. Whoa! Well, sorry. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, brown <laughs> zero week, folks. <laughs> Try the veal. Anyway, so um, that is those are my two contributions that are we're starting to we're hoping to get the dream interpretation in by June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm excited about that one. Um, so uh, we want to kick that off too. Um, yeah. Before I go on with our other new column, I just wanted to interrupt with a message um, about a very special hazy radio show that's coming up. Um, it's coming up on May 13th. And um, uh, let's see, it's, it's, it's Azita just sent me the information. Um, okay. She has a, a show, like I said, on May 13th. It's with Chuck Bergman, known as the Psychic Cop. Um, they are going to be talking about a very personal issue um, for Zita and her family. They're going to be talking about the unsolved murder of her father. Oh my and goodness! Oh, that a, just gave me—I just got chills a little bit there. No I know idea. Zita's in the chat room, so Zita, that just gave me chills a little bit. Yeah, it's 8 p.m. on the Broader View, May 13th. The, it's a cold case from 40 plus years ago. 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to say Eastern. Okay. Yes. And yeah, okay. So um, tune in. Um, she hopefully some some other family members will be there as well to wow. talk about it. And so, yeah. Wow, that sounds um, yeah, it it's sounds heavy. powerful and mm-hmm. a little heavy and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So Butter just wanted to board. share that. Yeah. Um. The other new column coming up to the magazine is called Hollywood Ever After by Jill Marie Morris. Yeah, that sounds um, so fun. Jill Marie, yeah, is just is just great. She's a psychic medium, and she's been on our show several times. She's written several books that we've talked about, and she's a regular contributor contributor to the magazine. She does a lot of guest editorials, and now she's going to be doing Hollywood Ever After, and that's going to be interesting because she's going to be profiling um, pretty cool cases in Hollywood. Obviously, great. That sounds yeah. really cool too. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. So um, I know we have a few minutes left. So I wanted to bring something up. We talked about it at the top of the show or before we came on the air tonight. And I wanted to bring it up because I've got to think that there are other people in my position. So you know that I go in and do the walkthroughs for my team mm-hmm. um, and and kind of try and do a psychic play, read on the place before we go and do the investigation. Um, so I did a walkthrough this last weekend and realizing that now when we're talking about spirits, we're talking about people from a different area, era, from an earlier era than ours. And they don't always use politically correct terms. Their terminology is um, sometimes shocking. Mm-hmm. And so I had an experience this weekend where a word that I would not use um, kept pushing its way into my head and the word was retard and i mean i just i i I find that an offensive word Mm -hmm. but it kept pushing my way in 
my head. It's way in my head. And when I talked to the homeowner, I actually found out why that word was there. And it's because of this person from another era who actually would use that word. Um, so I'm curious, do you think that that's a common thing where people get that kind of information and they get, you know, like maybe the N word or um, some of these really archaic terms that we don't use now? And then would, if you get those words, do you approach that with the client? Um, I would think if it's salient to what kind of activity they have in their house, sure. I know, but it just I, I it feels like I mean I I did to the client, but I actually really spent some time talking to her before I said before I said the word. Right. I think and, you do, you do say that because in your position, um, I mean you're psychically getting this information. It 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 probably has some type of meaning, in which in your case you found out that it did. It did, yeah. Uh, even though it's not a- appropriate, it's not something you're saying, something that's yeah. being told to you. And maybe it's being told to you for a reason, and so you have to relay that information. I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I just always wonder um, if if things like that pop up with other people. Because it makes mm-hmm. sense when we're communicating with spirits from mm-hmm. a different era. Oh, yeah. They have a different sensibility. Right. I, you know, I, I would we think have it, like a female. Yeah. We have a female pastor on our our team, Melinda, who writes for the magazine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we will say, "Well, Melinda is a pastor," and you can feel the spirits go. <gasps> really? <laughs> she, of course, a woman okay. minister. Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's only been with the last twenty years that that's been. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's okay kind of it's kind of funny when your you know your modern sensibilities kind of crash up against maybe mm-hmm. some of these more archaic um, belief systems and ways of thinking and thoughts. It's really kind of interesting to see that happen. And I often wonder, like you know, we we females are running around in pants and mm-hmm. everything else, and I wonder about that sometimes as well. Yeah, Just interesting, interesting, interesting to stuff about. to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so with that, we are at the tail end of the show. Please stick around and listen to Chucky e. G because you know we love him and you will too. Yeah, next week we're going to be um, join us on May first uh, from uh, six to seven thirty Pacific. We're going to be talking to Linda Godfrey and Rick. If you could just uh, mention what we'll be talking to Linda about. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually something that's very uh, close to my house, actually. Um, we're going to be talking about the Beast of Bray Road and other cryptids mm-hmm. in, the, in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, shoot, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, she's she's written several books on the subject. She's been on several television shows. I think she's been on Coast to Coast AM a few times. And uh, she's just a really sweet lady who is a real expert on uh, Wisconsin cryptids. Cool. Sounds great. So I want to thank everybody for sticking around and listening to our last two-hour show. It's been a great four years of doing two-hour shows with you guys. And we'll look forward to next week when we're at an hour and a half. And Chucky G is at an hour and a half as well. So come back next week, guys, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover of the States. Thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. Good night. If you want to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.